Hey, Gondu learned a new word from the censor. What? Dude. <laughs> dude? Huh? What does it mean? I don't know. He just called me dude. Hey, dude. He said, hey, dude? Hey, dude. D-O-O-D. Dude. Hey, dude. 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 Hey, dude. dude. Hey, lottery's gonna start in a minute. Uh, like you stand a chance. Dude. Welcome back to Rotten Rewind, a podcast that turns the clock back on some of the most critically maligned films according to RottenTomatoes.com. And if a film fails to crack the 60% threshold that Rotten Tomatoes sets as its freshness standard, it gets a second chance right here on America's number one podcast. I'm Max Rue. And I'm Courtney Peranto. We're halfway through our Rotten Apocalypse series, and today we're transitioning from end-of-the-world disaster films to dystopian visions of the future. Kicking off the second half of the series, we'll be diving into a pair of sleek, futuristic thrillers featuring two beautiful white actors running Mm. for their fucking lives. First up, it's the return of Bayham. After only one month, he's back with the 2005 Michael Bay sci-fi bomb, The Island, starring Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. After that, we're jumping forward six years to 2011 or 2011, if you will. Mm. Whatever your preference for the Andrew Nichol Helm thriller, in Time, featuring Justin Timberlake and Amanda okay. Seyfried and Alex Pettifer. You know, <laughs> yeah. We've all been waiting <laughs> Where's for that. Where's he been? Yeah. And mm. it's just you and me for the first top of the episode, right? Yeah. We're going to be joined later on by Logan Kenny, um, a true In Time stand. <laughs> <laughs> it needs one. <laughs> it needs, he is the one. He is single-handedly getting that movie views on Tubi. Please excuse if we're a little weird in this first half. We had to re-record this first half because... My mic, my new microphone not working so good. We do it again. That's why this episode's coming out late because um, it sounded like I was underwater and I love our fans too much to make them listen to that. I would never ever make you listen to that. Yeah, but we're poor enough where we both have day jobs. So we had to find a time where we weren't working. Exactly. But this is what we do for you. We sacrifice. You can harvest my organ. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the the next tier of the Patreon. (laughs) You can have my kidney and I'll jack off on camera for you. That'd be so tight. Want to masturbate, but don't have a kidney. But yeah, we're um we're 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 transitioning from disaster movies to post disaster movies, which I think is like a little more my wheelhouse. No, me too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm all for watching shit blow up. Right, and I also think that like the female characters, even though they are set back um to like the the male lead, they're at least like a little more active here. Like especially right. in the island, it gave me someone to be like, oh, that could be like the me version in this story where I see the me version and all the other ones is um, sad wife, sad girlfriend, sad mom. That's how I prefer it, honestly. <laughs> I like to envision myself as a divorcee who's having to get my wife to love me again. Because is it a man of Pete? Yeah. The world yeah. is falling apart. You have no choice. Was she the, your favorite Do you of, all die the, alone? of all, all the wives? The- if I had like if I had to like pick one that I would want to be my ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess Liv Tyler counts as a future ex-wife because oh. you know they're not gonna make it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, AJ's definitely gonna cheat. You didn't think the guy named AJ Frost was gonna cheat on you? Yeah. So we had Liv Tyler, Melanie uh, Linsky, Car- Carla, Carla Gugino, Amanda Pete, Jennifer Connolly. 
Oh yeah. And Hayesh can stand in for Tommy Lee Jones's invisible ex-wife. She's not. She was also not going to win that competition for you. No, I don't think so. Sorry. Rose Byrne. You know what? I'd probably pick Rose Byrne. I guess she's oh. not like an ex-wife, but I think if we're looking at oh. like second-hand female performance. And some award. Seal Award? Seal Award. I don't know. The it's woman not, that was- Well, it's definitely not the woman whose name we can't even say. <laughs> uh. So you're, you're going to pick Rose Byrne? Frantic I mean, Rose for, Byrne. as far as second like fiddle female performances, I'm going to go with Frantic Rose Byrne. But if it has to be a wife, then yeah, Amanda Pete. Amanda Pete. Who would you choose to be your uh, deadbeat, divorced, your I mean, ex-husband? He, come on. There's no contest here. John Cusack. John Cusack. John Cusack, Bruce Willis. Maybe maybe Ben's right after that. I rather t- I rather take Ben Affleck than Jake Gyllenhaal. Even D- Dennis Quaid's not even in the conversation. There's what something sexless not. about The Rock. Dennis Quaid was in my dream last night. Oh, not fucked I'm up. So sorry. Yeah, and he looked like shit. I had a cool. dream. I was at a restaurant. And he was there really drunk and they had to carry him out. <laughs> oh, God. So even in my dreams, Dennis Quay is a fucking loser. And um, also, like, Keanu doesn't count because he's like, yeah, yeah, he's an alien. So yeah. he, he's not a divorced dad. No, yeah. I think Cusack's the best divorced dad energy. Willis yeah. is like the uh, opposite kind of salt of the earth divorced dad. But Cusack's the like. He's almost paying too much attention to his daughter. Again, he's getting mm-hmm. giving a little T.I. Bruce Willis? Yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But again, well, he's I got Rockhound showing her how to stick a tampon. tampon. Rockhound show her how to do this. <laughs> well, I guess that maybe is a good transition back to this movie because we do see the reunion of a bunch of Armageddon. Armageddon folks. stars, yeah. This and this so, is your favorite Michael Bay movie. It is my favorite Michael Bay movie. I think I said this before, but I do think that like everyone, instead of having like a zodiac sign or along with their zodiac sign, right. I think that they probably have like a, a Michael Bay sign like movie. And I'm probably I'm the island with like probably like a Armageddon rising. You're like, you're bad boys too. Yeah. With an ambulance rising maybe. Yeah. I mean, those are my top ones, but this one really, I mean, we need a co-star app, but for Michael Bay movies to give you like a daily astrological reading on, on what you're feeling today. But yeah, I think deep down, yeah, I, I like seeing a yellow Hummer just decimate shanty houses in Cuba. It speaks um, to you. It really speaks to me to see war crimes on film. And, <laughs> and this uh, movie, like yeah. I've said this before, like The Island is a great action movie because it's it's a smart movie for dumb people. Like it's trying to be like, here's some ideas, but it's also I don't just think really it's fun. that dumb though. I don't think it's that dumb. I don't I guess think it's, it's that dumb, dumb in comparison. It's like if you were going to say like, oh, it's a heady sci-fi movie. Exactly, exactly. I think that all the ways that I'm using the word dumb, I think that like Michael Bay knows what he's doing here and he's in control of it. Like, I don't think that he ever comes across stupid when he's trying to be smart. Like, I think that he's trying to be silly and that makes, that's what makes like the island for me, just the place I want to be. Attention residents, welcome to the lottery spin. Jordan to Delta, you're moving out to the island. Transported to the world's last paradise. I think they're gonna kill you. I'm going to the island. There is no island! Come on! Two of our products have escaped. Do not let him get away! But I want one. This summer. Tell me what's going on. They're going to come looking for you. Good job. You're copies of people. So one of them gets sick and they need a new part, they take it from you. I'm sorry, I'm not ready to die. From Michael Bay. How come we never did this before? The director of The Rock and Armageddon. My tongue thing is amazing. 
Ewan McGregor. I just want to live. I don't care how. Scarlett Johansson. You still think there's an island? Two years after Michael Bay directed his ultimate manifesto, Bad Boys 2, he switched gears and delivered his first straight-up sci-fi film with 2005's The Island. Set in the not-so-distant past of 2019, based riff on Logan's Run and other dystopian sci-fi thrillers of the 70s and 80s, The Island follows Lincoln Six Echo, played by Ewan McGregor, and Jordan Two Delta, Scarlett Johansson, two beautiful white people living in a dystopian desert compound under a strict set of rules. They've been told that the outside world is contaminated, save for the pathogen-free island. Every week, residents are entered into a lottery that gives one of them an opportunity to live on the island. But when Lincoln Six Echo begins experiencing night terrors that resemble a late 90s trip-hop video, he begins questioning what really is happening in the compound. This leads him to discovering that he's not really human and that the entire compound is housed by clones of the super rich living in the outside world who are cloning themselves to harvest organs in order for them to live longer. Super actually believable to me. Yeah. When his yeah, when his compound crush Jordan 2 Delta wins the island lottery, he tells her the truth about the island and they escape into the outside world in a mission to tell everyone what's really happening at the compound. And that's the island. It's kind of a, a middling one for Bay. It's it's landing at 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not quite Transformers the last night um levels, but it hasn't ascended to the his only two fresh movies, The Rock and Ambulance. Well, also before you watched rewatch the island because we had both seen this movie. I think I remember you saying maybe even on Mike that the island was the only Michael Bay movie that you can think of that it seems like he didn't direct it. Do you do you still feel that way? Yeah, you caught me on a hot mic. I was wrong. I was so, I was so wrong. And Thank you. I'm so sorry. I want yeah. to apologize to our fans, our listeners. I want to apologize to Mike. Michael. Do you think he likes uh, Mike or I, Michael? I think he probably likes Michael. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you call, I don't know. I can't tell it. Yeah, like if you call him Mike, if he's like, that's not my name. Um, no, I apologize. I was very wrong. I hadn't seen this movie since I was a stone 17-year-old seeing it in theaters in 2005. I wasn't ready for it. America wasn't ready for it. On behalf of America, I'm so sorry. As a Bay stan, I was very wrong. This is now in my top five Bay movies this is a this is a great movie it's super fucking fun i saw this movie after i saw a movie that's like very plot similar to it called never let me go and the book for never let me go is like written around the same year i like never let me go a lot i think it's really fucking good if i'm to put one on it's definitely this one because it gives away the clone plot really early on like how how many minutes in do you think like 30 yeah if that and it's like what two hours and like 15 minutes or something yeah it's mostly them being chased as it should be. If there's two beautiful white people as your leads, I want to see them run. And also, I completely take back the fact that not only was this like a lesser Bay movie, but that it doesn't feel like a movie that Michael Bay directed, because it definitely does. There are yeah, um, just unmistakable Bayisms in this movie. It's shot by Mauro Fiore, who shot Avatar, and it's it looks gorgeous. And It does uh, look gorgeous. It's totally bay. The dream sequences I think I do like because they do remind me of like a like you said, like a late 90s like trip hop video. Like it mm-hmm. has this kind of like it, it almost looks like the parts of Danny Boyle that I do like. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Respond I agree. To. I agree. I think he does it better here because he's it's like restrained in a way. I really like that stuff a lot. I think it's cool. It even reminds me kind of of like the old like 
Chris Cunningham, like Apex Twin videos mm-hmm. at times where it's just like kind of nightmarish. And we should also say, I think that this is Ewan McGregor's, I think he's like the three timers club on the podcast because we did. Velvet yeah. Goldmine and the yeah, Lifeless Ordinary. So welcome to the three timers club, Ewan. Wow. I think it's he, cause he seems like an actor. Let's look it up. It's like mostly a fresh actor. He is super charming here. I, I really like him here. I think at the time I wasn't a big Ewan McGregor fan, so that probably also like colored my uh, view of the movie. But... Oh, he has a ton of rotten movies. I am so sorry. I did not realize how many rotten movies. We apologize in. to our listeners. Ewan McGregor actually sucks. No, he's fucking <laughs> no. amazing. No, no, no. Um, he's yeah. He. T- I think I feel like Ewan McGregor kind of takes some chances in his career. Like he's never been like solely like oh I'll just be like a huge action leading man. I mean, obviously he's Obi-Wan Kenobi and he's coming back right. for that. I feel like Big Fish is like one of his most like mundane. I haven't seen Big movies. Fish since it came out. I remember not thinking I it guess was bad, I forget that he's in Moulin Rouge, another movie that I don't care about. That a lot of people, I mean, I like don't meaningful yeah. for a lot of people. I do not give a shit. No, no, no. Take the meaning movie. away from them. Isn't it insane that I love you, Philip Morris is fresh. Yeah, I can see that. Really? It's 71%. It's not the worst movie. I haven't seen it. It just seems really like a movie that actually. people would just like stop participating and like act- actively engaging with it because. Well, one of his and- movies that's kind of teetered between 59 to like 61 throughout this, throughout this podcast. I don't know who keeps writing good and bad reviews for this movie this much what? as Down With Love. Oh, that movie rocks. Yeah, I know people really love it. I've never seen it. And so I know that's one that will probably, when it drops back down, we'll cover it. But yeah. When I was like a grumpy early 20-somethings, though, I would get really mad when I would tell people that my favorite movie, I was such a butthole, was Down by Law. And they just thought I was talking about Down with Love. Actually, no, I'm talking about the Jim Jones <laughs> with Tom Witch and Roberto Benigni. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really annoyed. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah. Another down is there. Down. Oh, what's the one with Freddie Prince Jr. and Julia Stiles? I don't know. Down to down 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 to, to you. you. Down to you. Wow. Down, down to you. That doesn't even make sense. What does that mean? Down to you has a three <laughs> percent. Down to you and Boys and Girls were the same movie to me when they came out. Yeah. Down to you has Julia though. I don't know how good of an actor Freddie Prince is, but apparently Ashton Kutcher plays Jim Morrison in this movie. What? Or his name is just Jim Morrison and the the writer and director did not see any correlation between the two. (laughs) Fuck it. I hope he's just playing Jim Morrison in a 2000s teen (laughs) rom-com called Down to You. I think that would be really interesting. Like he's still alive? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find this out here. Let's just settle this real fast. No, I think he might be playing Jim Morrison in this movie. That's, we should probably review Down to You. So I think they think he's Jim Morrison, but he kind of just looks like Ashton Kutcher in a, turtleneck with some extensions that sounds horrible (laughs) it's not good i'm not liking what i'm seeing right now okay down to you anyway best down movie your favorite movie is down by law actually it's down to you directed by chris (laughs) isaacson starring freddie prince jr and ashton coachers jim morrison (laughs) i do also want to say yeah like the island i think is like like I, i get saying that it's like kind of like the dumb man's never let me go because i guess like by comparison to that it is but i actually think this movie's surprisingly pretty smart i think it's smart too i think that like what they're doing could happen sort of like we should say too that like the rich people who buy the clones they think that the clones are just like in a state of like comatose like just like stasis like never living but then the evil like scientists realize like if a human doesn't like come to life and live and experience things they just like will 
and die. It's sort of like that robot monkey mom test, it seems like a little bit. So like the, these characters have like a whole life in this like weird compound. And we should also say too, that like somehow they got rid of like their will to fuck or understand fuck. They don't understand fuck. They, they want, want to want masturbate. To fuck, but... but they don't, I don't think they masturbate. No, they don't. I think deep down inside of them, they want to masturbate, but they don't have a partner. And even though that, like, they look about age 30 and 20, they're supposed to be, like, three years old. Like, their body's, like, right. rapidly So, technically, aged. Scarlett is older by one year. Right. She's um, grooming Ewan in this movie. <laughs> she's <laughs> grooming this three-year-old She did show man. him how to get extra bacon in the... She did show him how to get extra bacon. There's a <laughs> lot of fuck life. tension between them, but it doesn't seem like she understands what it is, but he seems to kind of understand. Like, I think I want penis and Side. Yeah, I think Maybe, she yeah. just wants to be pretty. She's just like, think I'm pretty. And he kind of thinks that he wants something else. Um, I wish he had like those trip hop dreams about her, but it's just her saying, want to masturbate, but don't understand fuck. <laughs> so they're only supposed to be like three years old. We, there's a pregnant character in the movie that I think like that's like when you begin to know that this whole shit is fucked because so she thinks she's like gonna have a baby and keep it or whatever but really like the real her out in the world just like used a clone to carry the baby like be a surrogate which I also think right. is incredibly believable like people already do that just with like other bodies oh, for that, sure. that are less rich than them you know yeah. like we, we're already doing that that's like why people sell their organs and their bodies and their eggs to richer people yeah yeah it's like the idea like removing the experience but but also like the pain and the, I don't know. It, it, it's keeping really dark. The most essential thing, yeah. which is like that it looks like you because people are fucking obnoxious. I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. it's super dark. It's just sad. Cause it's like, cause like we're in this moment now that the fucking Roe v. Wade is getting overturned. And then you see a movie like this, it's like, oh, it's like so pro life that it's like, but we're going to literally kill this woman the second she gives birth to the baby. Oh, for sure. It's like no, they I don't think even it's, keep it's, her alive. Yeah. Probably not intentional, but accidentally a very good um, depiction of how we view that and what we value. So in the next movie, they like stop aging at a certain point. And I like this movie because it's like, you know that everyone in there, even though it is like mostly white people, we get to see like Michael Clark Duncan. I think there's a couple background Asians we talked about. It's mostly right. white Got people and that Asian. is how it would go because it roughly costs $5 million to have your clone made. And so yeah. we know that Scarlett Johansson's Whatever, I guess she's the surrogate or whatever. Like, whoever the person that she is cloning for is like a famous person on the outside world, almost a Scarlett Johansson type. And so yeah, they even he like uses show like her real perfume ad, perfume ad um, um, which I think is like pretty smart. And like, once they escape, she like, well, so we know that because she got in the lottery, that like the real. Scarlet or whatever the real what's her name Jordan yeah. um, needs organs or whatever that woman has been in like a terrible car crash that, like <laughs> her whole shit is fucked up she's been wrecked <laughs> yeah and they need her organs within like 48 hours or she's just like gonna die or whatever and for yeah. some reason they get it in their heads that like the thing to do because they're kind of dumb because they haven't lived like on earth they just live yeah. in the compound it's like try to find the people that they're clones of but they can't find hers because she's been seriously wrecked and also it's another it's movie like, where they have they really are like we have to save this beautiful stacked woman yeah thank god she has a beautiful stack clone yes and then they would like kill the robot so then my question is 
Huh. So like, what if they just needed like her spleen or what, like one thing, would they keep her alive or would they just like make a new one? I think they would just make a new one because it seems like the whole thing is like they have to trick them into thinking that they're winning something. Right. And then they take it from them because they can't just like take. But then what would happen if there was like another one? Like you'd be like, oh, you look like that other girl. I guess it's like, don't think about it too much. Well, I think maybe you just get one clone or maybe there's a different compound. That's what it probably is. There's probably more than one compound. There's probably more than one compound. Probably more than one compound because then we. You know that yes. like one of the small jokes in it that's really good is like once they're out and about like Eo McGregor catches a glimpse of like a TV at like a shitty bar and he's like oh I know that guy is he famous or something and then they're like yeah he's the president and it's like oh yeah oh, he yeah. sucks like even his clone fucking blows <laughs> that's funny the whole scene at the bar besides well some of the bathroom stuff like I do think Scarlett Johansson not understanding what alcohol is and like drinking a lot rules they're both good at playing like naivete and like looking like doe-eyed and stupid. The Bay quote about it where he was like, I taught, I, I told them that they just have to act like children because actors love shit like that. Wait, he said that? He basically was like, I just gave him this really simple direction. He's like, I just want you to act like children. And he was like, you know, actors like when you just give them something like that. He's a master. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to act like a fucking idiot. How does that sound to you? Yeah, there's like a scene where they're like futzing around with like a rattlesnake that could just like kill them immediately, but they just like don't understand, they don't understand human life or like, sorry, no. just like life on earth because, oh, that's how, that's how fucking Lincoln knows that it's kind of a lie. Like he sees like a butterfly or a dragonfly or some sort of bug right. and he freaks out. It's funny to go from Bad Boys 2 to this because he goes from, I think his arguably like most unrestrained movie where he's yeah. just like showing you every single part of who he is to this where I think it's actually like arguably one of his more restrained movies. And I think that's probably why at the time myself and a lot of people were like, oh, it doesn't necessarily feel like a Michael Bay movie. But I think he actually keeps himself fairly in check. Like it wouldn't be a Bay movie without like some gay jokes and a sassy black woman. They are there. But they just like a stacked woman. In a stacked woman, of course. I mean, the car chase in the middle is incredible. I think it's one of his best action sequences. It's so fucking well done. And it makes you, I don't know. I get so fucking annoyed when I hear people say that Michael Bay doesn't know how to frame action. I'm just like, I'm not saying. Who says that? There are people that will say that. They're like, oh, he doesn't know how to frame action or it's just like too chaotic. I'm not saying that he hasn't shot some like kind of sloppier scenes and he's even Mm -hmm. admitted it. But I feel like I always have a sense of like place. I know where everything is. Like I'm not, it's not disorienting in a bad way, but I feel like the best action directors, I guess people maybe argue against him because he relies on, on cutting a lot, but I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily think that's a bad thing because I mean, like I think him and Tony Scott just have their own way of shooting action that it does technically rely on editing in a way, but it doesn't like, it still feels coherent. But then there's like people like man or a lot of great, like Hong Kong directors who don't rely on as much on editing. And they're more about like, like honoring the space and you can mm-hmm. actually watch like real stunts and play like that. That's I don't know not I, who he is though. I, well, when we get to the next movie, when we get to end time, like I'm still invested in the plot itself while the action's happening. Whereas right. like there's some chase scenes in end time that I'm just like, can we tap, 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 get this over us? Or even oh, like yeah. a series that I like, like John Wick sometimes. And those are heavily cut too. And probably like influenced by some of Bay's work. Like I'm so lost anytime John Wick is in a car in those movies. Like, but this this movie, like, you kind of give a shit about like what's happening at every time. And like for me, there's like fun jokes the whole time. And like one of the best chase sequences we should say. So, like again, Lincoln and Jordan's dumb idea is that they're gonna find the people 
that cloned them, that paid to get them cloned. So they show up at the real, not the real Ewan McGregor's house, but the real Lincoln's house. Right. And he's like some fucking car computer buttfuck nerd. And he gets to use his like real accent and shit. But then you get like an entire segment that's my favorite part of the movie is when the two Ewans are like together. Right. Because it's a chance for him just to be like incredibly goofy, which is probably the lane I like Ewan McGregor in the most. Just like how we're told that he gets nightmares because of fucking being born. Because, like, describe how they're born. Because they're not raised from babies to adulthood. They're just, like, in a sack. Yeah, it's very, like, kind of reminded me of, like, Minority Report in a way. Oh, yeah. But or I'll I was see. gonna say those um, those sensory deprivation and tanks. That it's also kind of like the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When they, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. These, like, feeding tube type things that apparently uh, it took 154 gallons of K why jelly to film the uh, birth scenes it's really <laughs> upsetting and disgusting why are how are their belly buttons explained or do we ever even get to see their belly buttons no Maybe i didn't we even don't I, see them it didn't, i didn't all. think i didn't think about their belly buttons i think it would have been a great opportunity to show a belly button list body but i mean that's how they should have <laughs> that one dude should have figured out which is the real the real e1 at the end they yeah. should have demanded to see <laughs> oh yeah that's a good jaiman you know what i mean like, oh yeah so we should have jaiman hansu who plays the he's not a cop he like works for the company and he's kind of dispatched to track down any like problems and he has to find them in the outside world and he becomes like increasingly skeptical of what he's doing something that the next movie does not do <laughs> that you think they're gonna do but they never do because um, mm-hmm. the real villain is Sean Bean of course I really like Jaiman Hansu in this movie I, think he's really- I really like everyone in this movie like I just feel like this movie is like working a lot do you think this movie would still be rotten now but beyond with like it just wouldn't get made but ambulance is fr- this is so much fun to me like i don't it might not be really it know. might be like i don't really know fresh. why it was rotten because it is basically one of the better episodes of black mirror but funner and hot but kind yeah. of hot in like a pg-13 way again they don't fuck they don't know what fuck is i'm pretty sure that they like experience each other's like first kiss together after watching the perfume ad that scarjo is in watching her kiss <laughs> It's really fucking weird. It's kind of cucky if you think about it, but... I think also, like, just in general, like, something we talked about before with Bay and other, like, directors like this, I think that it is a lot smarter than... I, I think than you would think on first glance. Like, I feel like... And maybe it is just, like, in hindsight, it feels a little smarter because like having distance from that era i think it really captures the gaudy consumerism of that era and yeah way. like i do think that you like i think you could easily do like a retrospective series on movies that kind of capture that era but especially like sci-fi ones like this gamer and southland tales to me all i think operate in the same way where at the time we probably didn't realize how well they were just capturing what we were living mm-hmm. through because sometimes it's hard to distance yourself from it but i think in even something like deja vu like i think when you look at those movies so far removed from them you're like oh wow this actually like really really captured the era better mm-hmm. than i think most things and they kind of endure despite being so like timely like there's an endurance about them that's really fascinating and i don't know i would love to see a gamer island southland tales retrospective what what's your favorite running for our lives 
movie. Like, I mean, listen, it's not as good as North by Northwest, I suppose, but you mean it's it, better. It, but it, yeah, <laughs> it it gives you that like be- beautiful people running for each other, like running for their lives. There is a scene where Scarlett Johansson almost falls off a building and then he pulls her back up. Like, and it is also an American travelogue. I guarantee you, like the film nerd in Bay was like, this is going to be my North by Northwest, and just like what this he's scared of, because like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, North by Northwest was supposed to be like his. It was supposed to start. You probably know this, like stupid fun fact. It's like what Hitchcock wanted that movie to be about. It was just like American consumerism and like the way factory work is stupid. And so we wanted it to start with like uncut shot, like a like a one shot of like um, a car being built in the Ford factory. And at the very end, even though like you've been watching this car be built, the trunk was going to open and there was going to be a body in. like um, signaling that like there's just something eroding from the process itself, which right. is like a cool idea. But I think that like they just couldn't figure it out. And like, I don't know. And the movie that we got is probably better because like once Hitchcock starts getting his way... I don't know. It's a little boring. I think this is the same thing where it is like, again, like whether intentional or not, like a commentary on consumerism, especially like that very gaudy, awful mid 2000s. I think it knows it like the way that it talks about like the motorcycle and the car. I think it's pretty self-reflexive. Like I think that he's able to make fun of himself, but, but still be like, but this rules. It's like, I think again, like that's why directors like him, or Clint Eastwood or Zack Snyder, like guys like that that are kind of looked at as being like the most American filmmakers imaginable can sometimes make some of the more interesting commentaries on the world we live in because it doesn't feel like you're being fed a message. And that's, I think, sometimes a lot more effective. Yeah, something like this, you might not notice it at the time, but I think like having some time away from it, you're able to kind of pick up on it. And like you said, like the way that they don't know because they're they're clones and they don't understand what a lot of things are. So when they're out in the real world, in the way that Ewan McGregor's memories of the real person that he was cloned from start to kind of like permeate themselves in his mind, which is what triggers him into like wondering what's, you know, what's really happening in the compound. But when he's out in the real world, because the real character is like a famous motorcycle rider. So when he hears a motorcycle pass by, he's like drawn to it and then he sees it. And Scarlett Johansson says, you know, what is that? And he says, I don't know, but I want it. I think, yeah, like totally be a commentary on how we consume things and how we react to like, targeted ads and things that like are coming at us like all the time where it's like, I don't know what this thing is. I don't even know if I need it, but I want it. You know what I I mean? I just want it. I also do love that the cameras that they used in the car chase that I believe were also using bad boys too. And the incredible freeway chase have been nicknamed the Bay Buster. I hate that. It's so disgusting, even if they need this camera after me coming. No, the car (laughs) is apparently the car can crash into vehicles at 60 to 70 miles per hour without getting cameramen killed or hurt. It is a shame that this movie was, I think, to this day, his biggest bomb because pain and gain an ambulance made less money, I think, worldwide, but they cost less. This movie still cost over 100 million. Dudes that are kind of like fast five dudes, which I mean, we are, will kind of stand for pain and gain. Like pain and gain is like when, when the pendulum started to swing back for Bay, I think. And so... I think that like this is peak it's swinging away and I think that that is like thoughtless and stupid because again this is to me his best his best film. Well he almost has the trajectory of like an act like a bigger actor in a lot of ways where he does a lot of like one for me and then here's three for you kind of things even though he mm-hmm. likes those Transformers movies he clearly has fun with them but like he has his run he does Bad Boys 2 and then he goes to this and he's like alright I'm gonna do something original this is like you know even though it's obviously a riff on a lot of other famous movies like it bombs yeah, I mean, the next. The next movie that we talk about on this episode to me seems like so much more derivative of Logan.
Morgan's run for sure. um, than this yeah. is like this, like, even though I do think it's like trying to strum that chord of like what you said in the, in the fucking synopsis, like the seventies and eighties sort of like sci-fi thriller. Like, I think he is sort of still doing it like differently than anyone else. Like, I, I, I do think that like this idea is actually thought provoking yeah. and that it's still done in a way that doesn't feel top or bottom heavy. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty into like them on the run. That's probably my favorite portion of the movie. I and think both think halves that, work. Yeah. But it, yeah. that's definitely more where he's at home. I mean, cause it's funny. There's so many jokes there. Like Steve Buscemi's yeah. used really well. Like, yeah, we didn't even talk about Buscemi. Who's great. Buscemi's in it. He's looking pretty good here. I think both halves of it work. I think that, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I, just, I like the second house more just because, like, I think it's harder to sustain, like, the kind of energy that this movie has once the secret oh, yeah. is revealed. And so I'm, I kind of admire the second half more, even though I think they're both great. And, like, he does a good job, like, world building. I don't miss out. I don't ask a lot of questions. Right. However... I'm sure like if I thought about it long enough, I would have them. Like I'm sure, I'm sure it doesn't make sense. But that's always the sign of a great version of something like this. Cause I feel like anything like this, that's sci-fi or even a lot of horror or fantasy, like the more mm-hmm. rules that you introduce to the universe, if you're not able to keep your audience engaged enough, their mind starts to wander and it starts to question those things that really they should be able to look past. Mm-hmm. And I think Bay is one of the best at just being like, no, fuck that. Just keep moving. Like just yeah. keep moving forward. And it doesn't feel like you don't feel its length. Some of his- No, you know, he can just have like a beauty shot of ScarJo and you'll just be like transfixed. You'll be like, holy yeah. shit, that woman looks so hot in the desert. I don't know. I, he's one of the best craftsmen. And I think just guys at, at giving audiences what they need, which is why it's so sad that his movies are almost becoming like- everybody's almost like rooting for them in a weird way because they're like, fuck man, like a movie like this used to crush. Like, how are we not, how is this movie not opening to so much more? And it's sad that, yeah, like he goes from this to Transformers movies and then he does Pain and Gain, that bombs. So he goes back to Transformers with like a 13 hours thrown in, which does okay. And then, and then, yeah, he does an ambulance, which bombs. So it's like, okay, does, what does he do now? (laughs) At the time of the Island bombing, I love this. So (laughs) from this article, he says, so let's talk. Says clearly getting ready to get real. The island opened to the lowest opening in my career. All my movies have been smash hits. They all made a fortune at the box office for what they cost, and the island did a pitiful 35 million. He says there were numerous reasons for that. One, a very big summer. Two, the island, just the title itself. Just a very complicated title. It's something that's very hard to market because instantly you're thinking of something that it is not. I agree with that. I think that's totally true. Not a good title. The marketing ended up being the biggest failure in his view. And while Warner Brothers did very well with it internationally, I think it ended up doing like a hundred million internationally. The domestic advertising never nailed down a tone. And I guess he kept saying like, we should have sold it more than an action movie. He went, he took some of the blame. He said, because he liked the ads early on, but then he went to DreamWorks and he said like, we got to use Warner Brothers campaign from overseas. And then I love that he did his own individual poll. He pulled 500 people. Just, I want to know who these 500 people are. Yeah, I was like, 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 on his phone? He did like jaywalking, jaywalking. Yeah, on the yeah. street. He pulled the 500 people just a few weeks after the film opened and roughly 450 of them didn't even know the movie had been released. The ball was dropped big time, he said. I feel like this one just has like a bad reputation and I think that it's obviously just people who haven't fucking seen it yet. But You just got to give it a shot. This is one that we are really pushing you to revisit or watch for the first time if you've ignored it. Yeah. It's easy I think I think it's going to be that. that. I think you and I are like loner cummy people that (laughs) I think it's definitely see this movie for the first time two losers obsessed with cum that I listen to every week they told me this was a good movie we should rent it babe (laughs) I mean yeah that's more or less what I think oh I love this quote I didn't know I didn't read this one so Bay said about the movie 
He said, I guarantee there are people out there who would have this. He says, adding that among the wealthy would do this, even knowing oh. the clones were living, breathing people too. He believes that China's high rate of capital punishment up to 10,000 people per year has to do with the ordering of black market organs. So yes, Bay might be a conspiracy nut. It's not really a conspiracy. I don't think that's not. I mean, we do it here too. There was periods where we were literally illegally taking blood from, from people in prisons so that we could have them just like they weren't, there was no consent or anything like that. So absolutely we harvest organ. There's a huge black market organ industry in the whole fucking world that reaches all over. But yeah, he also goes on to say that he knows a, about a wealthy prince who he won't name. I know this fucking guy. I've seen him do fucked up shit. Who has his own 747 jet complete with a surgery unit on the top floor. Inside there at all times is a 24 year old man with the same blood type whose family has been paid off so that when the prince's no. heart gives out, surgeons can perform a transplant from the younger man. Bay says, I can credibly tell you that this is dead true, but I'm not going to tell you the country where it's from. But I know people who've been on that plane and I know people who've actually met the kid. I love Bay. Your clones, your copies of people out here in the world. What? Clones? What? Copies? What are you talking about? Some hag trophy wife needs new skin for a facelift or one of them gets sick and they need a new part. They, They take it from you. But I have a mother. I remember her. Yeah, I know. I grew up on a farm. I have a little dog and, and I had a bike. And a bike, right. It was a pink flexi flyer with little tassels on the handlebars and you rode it up the street to your grandmother's house and you ring the little bell and she came out and served you cookies on a hot plate. Yeah. No, memory imprints. So 39% and Hunter Day at the Washington Post said, if you find yourself at the island, I have only three words of advice. Vote yourself off. Meriting Men of the Austin Chronicle said, if you like Maxim, you will love the island. It is glossy. It is expensive. It has lots of slick ads for Aquafina and Cadillac. (laughs) That's true. But to me, that's like an endorsement. That's why I'm there. Oh, yeah. I also love that Bay is very transparent about the the product placement in his movies and why he uses them because so many other studio directors use them too. I mean, look at fucking Marvel movies that everybody fucking fawns over that are ads for the fucking military and the Navy. And this guy's like, yeah, I get fucking money from Aquafina to put them in my movie so that I have more fucking money to put on the screen. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry. They gave Nomadland an Oscar. The fucking movie shoots in the the, uh, Amazon factories and is kind of like neutral on it. So I'm like, I'm sorry. That's way worse than Michael Bay being like, yeah, let me get some money from Cadillac to fucking show their car in this yeah. giant movie I'm making. That's about the intention of it. And I don't know. I appreciate that he's transparent about it. Yeah, but same. Yeah, Joe Morgan Center of the Wall Street Journal said, comes on like an overproduced coma and leaves you comatose by the end. And then okay. Desan Thompson of the Washington Post said, the best thing about the island is this. You and McGregor and Scarlett Johansson buffed and dressed in sparkling white, wondering how and when to kiss each other. I love that. That is they, one of the best parts. Yeah, wondering how fuck work. That's to me like a... Yeah, they should have done a pre-cum reason. scene where he gets pre-cum and he's like, well, I don't know what this is. He shows her his pre-cum. It's coming out of me. <laughs> you need to write one of these movies. Where the protagonist clone gets pre-cum. You need a- <laughs> There's a 10-minute sequence in this about this man discovering pre-cum. I don't know if we can put this in this movie. But yeah, Roger Ebert gave his first positive Michael Bay review to this movie. He said the island runs 136 minutes, but that's not long for a double feature. The first half of a Michael Bay of Michael Bay's new film is a spare, creepy science fiction parable, and then it shifts into a high-tech action picture. Both halves made my dick hard. I agree, Roger. Who's your MVP? I think Ewan's great when he plays double duty. I think that Steve Buscemi is great, but I think I'm just going to give it to Michael Bay because this is, to me, his crown jewel. Yeah, and I wish he made something else like this with two hot young people today. Well, he did. He made Ambulance. That's a chase movie. That's an on-the-run movie with Yaya and Jake and the hottest EMT. I was going to say, Jake's not really young anymore. Well, 
Okay, sorry. They have he cast Isa Gonzalez as the hottest EMT in Los Angeles. So <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna carjack this ambulance because that EMT is fucking hot, um, <laughs> and that's why you pick it. I think Ewan's really great in this. I do he really is. like him. I do love that for the scene where they kiss for the first time and he improvised the line, let's do that tongue or that tongue thing is amazing because he said that that is what he said to the first girl that ever kissed him in real life. And he was yeah. uh, mortified by that for the rest of his life that he said that out loud. I think Bay is is definitely an MVP, but I got to say, I really walked away with his loving Jaiman Hansu. I've never been a huge, like I like Jaiman Hansu. I think he's a good actor, but I think he just fucking looks great in this movie. I think Bay knows how to photograph him really well i liked his mm-hmm. art i thought he did a really fucking good job and a part that could have been really thankless are you gonna go full-blown masterpiece misunderstood yeah full full full-blown masterpiece when was, yeah when was the last time you went misunderstood masterpiece that's a great um, fucking question i feel like it's birth? been a while birth was it birth? Yeah, was it I, that long I, I also like i think I, I i decided to myself i'm gonna be less stingy about it because you're just fucking giving it to capone and shit like <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that I appreciate a movie where someone shits their pants um, in bed repeatedly. Yeah, it Give wasn't doing it. I'll tell you that much. It wasn't. It wasn't Gemini Man. It wasn't Freddie Got Fucking Fingered. Well, for me. Oh it wait, it might have been Josie and the Pussycats. And if I didn't oh, go full that's misunderstood right. masterpiece, if I was being stingy, I'm gonna say now I am rewriting history. Josie is a misunderstood masterpiece. If there ever was, I think we did say that Josie was okay. We didn't say that Harold and Kumar escaping Guantanamo Bay was. No. <laughs> yeah, Josie is probably a fucking Josie's I definitely, a masterpiece. Yeah. I give uh, it out more than you because I gave it to Josie. I gave it to Bad Boys too. I gave it to Deja Vu. I gave it to Shooter. <laughs> <laughs> you are insane. Shooter, Shooter fucking rules. You are uh, insane. <laughs> and before that, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Did you give it to Denethys? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> <Of> these rocks. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a misunderstood masterpiece for me, just because I don't think we're going to get something like this again, but mostly because I have fucking rode for this movie for over fucking 10 years now, what, 15 goddamn years now, having like fucking mouth breezy film nerds, book nerds. They tell me like it's probably not good in the way that like as if I haven't seen it already and haven't already formed my opinion on it, is that it is good. In fact, it's his best movie. <laughs> You must be um, misremembering this. Yeah. Like you must have fucking... been on your period. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Um, this is a misunderstood. I just, yeah, I'm just sick of people. It's so, like, I feel like Michael I'm Bay. I'm sick of people. I feel like Michael Bay and Adam Sandler are the easiest people, like, like targets. Like, they're just, like the easiest yeah. ones for, like, people that love, like, Marvel shit to be like, oh, that's not real. That's, that's true. Yeah. I feel like oh, JLo gets a lot of vitriol uh, that she doesn't deserve. She does too. Yeah. There's, like, definitely, like, the usual suspects of people that I'm like, it's so fucking easy and trendy. They, like, hate on this shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a misunderstood. Uh, it's getting to masterpiece. I think third time might be a charm for me. I can ask you a question because it's it's fresh. So yeah. we don't get to talk about it here on the. Like, I haven't seen Ambulance yet because I don't care about art. Oof, Would you give true. that a misunderstood masterpiece too? So like uh, Bay is just sort of. Honestly, at this point, maybe. Sucking your dick. <laughs> I'm sucking his dick. Yeah. Maybe the bump, maybe the Rob Rewind bumper sticker dick. is just like, I have pre cum for Michael Bay. <laughs> 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 what, if, what if someone had a buffer sticker that said honk if you have pre-cum for Michael Bay I would fucking get in a car accident <laughs> let's go for a ride in the near future time has become the currency four minutes for a cup of coffee yesterday it was three you want coffee or you want to reminisce please deposit four minutes you only live 25 years 
unless you get more time. For a few to be immortal, many must die. No one should be immortal. Even one person has to die. If you had as much time as I have, what would you do with it? I sure as hell wouldn't waste it. Now. What are you gonna do? Take them for everything they've got. He's fast. It's gonna have to be. I will stop him. I'm gonna make them pay. Come on, help yourself! Take the time, it's Take free! It. His crime wasn't taking time. He was giving it away. In time, rated PG-13, now playing. Jumping to the very fucking distant future of 2199, which was a shock to me. Andrew Nichols' 2011 class warfare chase thriller, In Time, takes us to a dystopian future where the rich aren't harvesting organs of their clones, but living on stolen time, allowing them to live forever, while the poor live day to day, giving their limited time on earth to hard labor. Uh, very futuristic and not at all a reflection of the world that we've been living in. We meet Will Salas. Is it Salas? Salas. Yep. Salas, yeah. Played by... Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. a poor working class 25-year-old who works every day to keep him and his 50-year-old mother, played by Olivia Wilde, alive. That's right. When he saves Matt Bomer's Henry Hamilton from getting robbed and killed by a gang of time thieves led by Alex Pettifer of Magic Mike fame, uh, Will is given the ultimate reward, a century of life. But after a time watcher, the future's version of pigs, basically, played by Killian Murphy, suspects Will of killing Henry for his time. He follows him from essentially downtown LA to Bel Air to arrest him. While living a rich man's life, finally, Will, whoa, I actually wrote beheads, uh, beats. <laughs> That's a weird autocorrect. Will does not behead anybody. Will beats uber wealthy Philippe Weiss, played by Vincent Carthizer, in a poker game, giving him even more time and introducing him to Philippe's super hot daughter, Sylvia Amanda Seyfried. When the Time Watchers try to take Will in, he kidnaps Sylvia and takes her and her French Bob on the run. The pair become a quasi Bonnie and Clyde, stealing time from her father's bank and redistributing it to the poorest communities, all while fighting off time pigs and time thieves. And that's in time. Critics don't give a fuck about Class Warfield, though, because they gave In Time 37%, which is even less than Island. That's right. But joining us for the second half of the episode to discuss In Time podcast regular, the very talented critic and writer, Logan Kenny. Thank you for having me. I forget how stupid In Time sounds when you put it <laughs> I mean, it's. I actually think In Time is a really good idea that I me just too. didn't really love the execution of outside of a few moments in, in, in performances. But we brought you here because, as we said before we recorded, if there's a fucking movie that nobody likes, most of the time there's a chance that Logan Kenny gave this thing five stars and he likes it. <laughs> and he sees something in it that we don't see. And that's why we love having you on. We want to know how In Time turned you into a communist when you were 10 years old. Yes, that is the truth. When I was a child, I was naive surrounded by you know, decent luxuries you know sure. no real t- tangible realities of the pain that the working class go through lower middle class family but not well off enough to like be like you know driving driving ferraris down down the the best streets in los angeles or poker games with no limit like we were doing all right and then i saw in time and i was like wow people are poor there is an issue with wealth and equality in our world we need to fix that and this film positions the solution to fixing wealth inequality with time heists yeah and that's objectively a really cool idea yeah uh, yes, I, I think agree. we should all commit time heists because it is it's basically a, 
a premise of a movie built on like the premise of like time is money, baby. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so like, you stop aging when you turn 26. I do want listeners 25. to know that. So they don't think that, okay. Yeah. That Olivia Wilde is supposed to be playing like an actual 50 year old here. <laughs> um, so it makes like the human population, first of all, way too hot. I do think that like, <laughs> let's be real, especially when we meet like Amanda Seyfried's mom and sisters and like extended family. Like this is a movie that really flirts with the idea of breaking the incest taboo too and that is weird <laughs> there's a lot of porn tropes in this movie that well because we'll i do into. think that the, the way that like justin timberlake and olivia wilde are filmed it's flirtatious yes yeah, yeah. it's causing yeah. you as an audience to want them to fuck i do want it's them like to fuck. that's his mom <laughs> i still want it, them to fuck it's really it's really <laughs> forcing you to peer taboo in your head but it's also pretending that... like it's not and then yeah. when you get to the amanda seafood part then i think it's like okay we were doing that all along <laughs> this movie um, definitely it introduced you to communism and pure taboo wow. yeah, yeah no uh, i know what before, i like now before the days of pornhub premium i had in time <laughs> someone should like do like a photoshop of like all of your Wild and Justin Timberlake with like the free Pornhub logo thing mm-hmm. at the bottom of it. <laughs> That's what I think. Dang I, boss. So, I, I mean, <laughs> my biggest yeah, problem. Um... <laughs> Is that like I don't think that he's a strong enough actor to be the center of this film. I thought you were gonna say to be twenty five. No, mm. I mean obviously there's that. It, they just should have picked a different age because like yeah. Vincent Vincent Carthizer like, looks forty. Yeah, like Killian yeah. Murphy's not supposed to be twenty five. Yeah, he is supposed to be twenty five. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense because Killian Murphy has never looked 25, even yeah. when he was 25. Wait, <laughs> there are no wait. old people in this universe, Max. No, I know that, but I was like, wait a second. <laughs> This changes a lot of things now. No, they're he's all like, he's supposed Johnny like, Galecki was supposed to be like, 25. So, Motherfucker was 25. So and I know what you do last <laughs> Well, at least Johnny Galecki's character is like a booze hound. So like, this guy looks you know like what shit. I mean? So it's like, look, he just, he look, just, look, I think we need to conceptualize that this movie has no ideas other than time puns. And that's why it's good. Yeah. Uh, yes. He drank himself to death with nine years left on the clock. Is my favorite <laughs> line in any God movie. bless that actress Said for by... being able to get so emotional and deliver that line. Yeah. She also, I think, is either the winner or the runner-up of America's Next Top Model. That's yeah. Yeah. DaCosta. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, working a lot more now, I think. But um, no, she's I think... endured a lot. She's endured Tyra and in time. When you, you know, when I first saw that this is the movie that introduced you to communism and the idea of like working class politics. Like, and I'm not laughing at that because I don't think that's silly at all. It's like you were younger. And so you see something like this and it's like, you can't obviously choose what introduces you to that. So if in time can be good for one thing, I guess in its endurance in the last 10 years, it's that hopefully it introduces it class. Radicalization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andrew right. Nichol had no idea he was radicalizing people. No, he did not because he hasn't, <laughs> there's no coherence in this film's politics whatsoever, except that wealth, inequality is bad yeah and people shouldn't bad. be dying and inflation's bad but like the thing is about this universe which is so funny to me is that like there is like the legitimate issue of wait if everyone has an equal amount of wealth there will be too many people because mm-hmm. births are happening and people will not be dying so right. is the solution just everyone has like unlimited time pretty much and then keeps having babies i think right. no more babies. in a world I think we have where to be like a yeah you have to stop babies rule. yeah you gotta you go children yeah. and men they're gonna they're gonna equal or you the should have to pay for then. babies yeah you it's like pay for the privilege well, 
privilege to but, get but, pregnant. But, but with your know. time, but with your time that you can already, yeah, like, I don't know. You're already getting. So it's like if you're gonna be pregnant in that world, you're just having to accept that like you're birthing a, a immortal spawn baby. Yeah. That will exist forever. But the thing is, is that it's clear in the rest of the film the resources are limited. Mm-hmm. It's just that they are being like closed off by a few people, mostly. Right, right. Which is like reality to what our world sure. is like. Yes. But also our world has death pretty consistently, I think yes. we can say. I have another baby Whereas this question. one doesn't unless you get murdered. Right. So right. Unless we kill people at the end of the cycle, then people are going to keep dying. And that's maybe even more dystopian if everyone like walks into like the execution line at True. the end of their time cycle. Well, I, I, okay, so idea. then I have a question. So do you think that in this world, could you drown and then get revived? Oh, that's a good one. Do you How think you that anyone in the in time, well, you know, like you get resuscitated, resuscitated, you know, you know like, like just hook them up with hook them up with more time. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Is like, can you get resuscitated? Yeah, like if you have a heart attack, can you get like the second the question? To the heart? Does right. anyone get cryogenically frozen? But my real question is, that's like what's cheating. the point of a baby you if you're going to stay hot forever? What's truly, like, what is okay. the point of children? Right. I don't know. So we did this movie, Up Against the Island, which is a movie that, like, even though I'm sure there's as many sci-fi plot holes, I didn't feel them in the way no. that, like, I felt yes. them in this movie. And I think, again, it's largely based on how not captivating the lead performances. This movie is, like, a little empty. It's a little vacuous, whereas, like, the island is pretty full of like charisma and charm so i will answer i think that if like the body gets cryogenically frozen i feel like the seconds would have to keep going because you can't stop time maybe it would like de-accelerate the seconds process while in Mm -hmm. the freezer but then again if you could pay to be cryogenically frozen then you probably have enough years to live like conscious there's no point like you don't need to get so unless you like because there's no it doesn't seem like there's any like chronic illnesses either because people have stopped Mm -hmm. dying so like there's no real need for hospitals you know yeah because i don't think there's a chronic illness also because you would have to have some like form of cancer that would take hold when you're really young so i bet you could still die of like leukemia or something but if your body stops progressing past 25 then you know which the big big question that we should all really have is how the fuck do they make new time because time Mm. is because in currency and our currencies uh there's printing presses and also it is still like tangibly around you know (laughs) our currency doesn't constantly disintegrate it passes from people to people but if you like pay like something with like a minute of time then a minute later that thing you just experienced that you just got for your service is gone immediately so you can't right. like invest it in anywhere else you can't like strengthen someone's else life with it you can't share it with your family member because it's gone by the time you can get to them it's a like a constantly dissolving currency which means that if there's no way of producing new time then everyone on the earth is like on like a rapidly accelerating time to extinction where You're they right. all know where they're going to die it would be unless like they like breed yeah but unless they like breed new children, which will all have like a year that won't unlock till they're 25 and then they harvest the year. But who's going to be able to take care of them if all the other adults have died because of no time? Is the only new time being produced through cum? Is that the real I question? Think it's, I think it's, I think that the babies are That's the, the only new time. <laughs> um, so you could, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> like probably in the end time world, there is like a trafficking ring where you just like steal children until they're 25 
and then you zap them of their time. No, I think that the story itself is like, it's thin yet so full. And the problem is that it either needs to exist as a really, I think probably a great short film, Mm -hmm. or it needs to be a series where you can really expand on the world and really go into like what all of this means. Because in a two hour movie with a pretty ineffective lead character and actor, you're just left kind of wondering about more interesting things that he's not showing you. Also, I don't really know how much sense, like I understand the premise as a premise and I'm willing, I'm on, I'm more than on board for the premise as a premise, but as far as the chase and like why people are pursuing Justin Timberlake until he becomes basically like a Bonnie and Clyde hero, I don't understand why people are pursuing him because like after he wins all that money, from Vincent, whatever his name is. Couldn't he just give the 100 years back? Like, I'm just like, I don't really understand. And so much of the movie is someone checking basically a stopwatch. Like, we are watching people check stopwatches <laughs> so often. Has anyone ever seen the movie? It's like a sci-fi rom-com called Timer, starring oh, Emma no. Caulfield, who plays Oh, uh, I remember Anya, that. Who plays Anya in Buffy. No, I think but I remember Timer... seeing that movie at the video store. I would like to see it now. Oh, watch <laughs> it. I, I watched it just because I'm a Buffy completist. You know, Emma Caulfield, I think, like, continues to work as she's in things. She, like, Anya's probably, like, one of the more disliked characters in Buffy, but she's still, yeah. like, fun. It's really nice to see her as a star of something. And, like, the premise is really similar. And especially the wrist implant is very similar. Where, like, instead of, like, counting down until you die, the movie counts down from, like, I forget, how, like, how much time it is until you'll meet your soulmate and this woman's timer has like never activated and I think that like as far as like built world building it does a little bit better job because it, it's, it's really finite it's only about like how much time you have until like your life begins as like a romantic partner which I think is kind of like an interesting idea this is almost so broad that I get lost in trying to untangle it and Justin Timberlake cannot cry well on screen and <laughs> Um, Yeah, I think that Timberlake is, I mean, we should also mention that like the island being an Armageddon reunion in time is an alpha dog reunion. We get Timberlake, Olivia Olivia Wilde, Seafried and Vincent Carthys are all in the same movie again. God, Um, I think Cassavetes should have come back to look at my legacy. You ever just just think about how he's the greatest fail son of all time? (laughs) Like your dad made a woman under the influence and you made the other woman. What are you doing? He's the Mamie Gummer of directors. He must be grateful that his dad is dead just so he doesn't see where doesn't he have to came. see it my dad yeah. would be so fucking disappointed in me like I <laughs> hope John I never let my father fuck. down as much as he definitely has like <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been blown away by an Olivia Wilde performance. I don't think Olivia Wilde's a bad actress. I just don't know if I've ever... I like uh, her in The Lazarus oh. Effect a lot. So so there's a 2010 film directed by Joseph Kaczynski called Tron Legacy, uh, where she plays the character <laughs> That's Cora. That's right. That's and right. spelled with a Q-U-O-R-R-A, which is a very Like the website? Uh, no, it's the extra R. Extra R in that one. Where she plays one of the ISOs, which is like basically a digital form of like evolution where it's like a right. real thing has tangibly been born in the digital space of the grid right. and she's great and that's okay. her best yeah I've never thought she was bad I guess I was more like it made me question I was like huh have I ever like been like wow Olivia Wilde fucking brought it I think that like her performance in this movie is stilted by how porn hubby the relationship is I just don't think that because it falls on, on Timberlake to really like elevate a Sell lot it. of this and he's just not like you I think can't. the social network in Southland Tales yep. are as good as he's gonna yep. get I, well he's good in friends with benefits come on don't disrespect friends with benefits with Mila Kunis 
which is I don't really remember film. him in it, and I didn't see the movie Palmer where he plays like some racist. Uh, Palmer's dude. good. Palmer's good. <laughs> Fisher Stevens. I'm sorry. Well, his Super Bowl, like maybe the worst Super Bowl ever. I, and it's like it makes you realize that yeah, as as talented as he is, as like a pop performer, I think there's something is there's something like robotic and vacuous about his actual personality. Uh, and yeah, this is true. Yeah. But and also, he dropped future sex love sense, So Yeah, he did. Right. He did. So, like, again, I think that that, for a minute, made him feel like he was untouchable, that he could do whatever yeah. he want. They could ascend a step. And I think that he fell down, like, he fell down I, hard yeah. starting around here. And, and I then think, I think that, like, Mirrors was, like, an okay song. Oh, Mirrors is good. Video. Mirrors is good. Uh, I do. Oh, I, I like do think it's a good song. I think song. Mirrors is a good song. <laughs> I think Mirrors is a good song, too. But I also, maybe it's because, like, I kind of side-eye timber, like, as a person. I yeah. think that the song Mirrors is about... How he admires Jessica Beals because she makes him look good and because she, she reminds doesn't him make of him himself. look good though. Like she objectively makes him look worse. Really? <laughs> like I think miss, that miss campaigning for like, oh, you shouldn't have to vaccinate your kids. Oh, like, that's right. She made she it her so worse. Yeah. 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 Well, they found each other. She just sat there in yeah, silence I about just it and two not found each other. His asset as a singer is is his weakness as an actor. And it's unfortunate that his voice cannot. Yes. There's not a lot of range there. And uh, I think well, that his think voice drowns out whatever he's bringing to a part. And I've heard he's actually good in that movie, Palmer. But I think it's like the same yeah. thing in Alpha Dog where like he has these emotional moments where I think he's actually fairly like connected and, and pretty good. But it's there's just something that holds him back. And I think I, it's a vocal I, thing. Like, I think that he is someone who yeah, there's a cares about being sure. cool in a way that like even someone who I hate, like Mark Wahlberg, I think just thinks he's cool. And so he doesn't worry about being cool. There's something oh, yeah. I know about cool. Timber. Like yeah, Father Stu, he, like, he's cool. Oh, yeah, because he wait. wants to be like Harrison Ford or something, but he's not cool. So much so that it drowns out Amanda Seyfried, who is given nothing to do but like look hot in a bob. She looks but great. But she looks she does look great. She looks, she looks really good. That's, but because yeah, the, the romance fault. at the center of it, like I don't care. I think that he had so much more chemistry with Olivia Wilde, his mother. He does, yeah. He does have more chemistry with his mother. Um, with Amanda Seyfried, his love interest, which I also find. Well, we should also talk about how he meets Amanda Seyfried which is in the the poker game where he how much does he win from Vincent Carthizer? Oh so much. A lot. Like a Many lot years. of life. Like too much like, life. Uh, at least two lifetimes. At yeah. least two lifetimes. Yeah. He meets Amanda Seyfried there and then that whole scene just becomes again very porn hubby. Oh yeah. Uh, so where Vincent he's like he looked, there is basically like don't you want to fuck my daughter? <laughs> my mother, my sister, my daughter. I bet you're hoping she's not my wife. It's such a great line. It's so <laughs> stupid. It's, <laughs> Because like so they, they all, because because like in this like goes to like the party where it's like all the three women and they all have the same haircut and they all look really yeah. similar. Yes, and yeah. it's like it's clearly like a bet around like how incesty like yeah. those like yeah. rich American families are. Oh, but yeah. want to comment quickly on Timberlake again? Timberlake is at his best as a musician as an actor when he's being a dick. Yeah, he's a great dickhead. Cry yeah. Me a River is maybe the greatest asshole lead single of the 21st <laughs> century. That is a yeah. dick. Only a Dickhead could record that song with yeah, that yeah. context. Yeah, the and hero of awesome. that song is an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah, oh wait, right. you you don't like the I was not very good boyfriend. Wah! And that's he's, the whole song. It's awesome. And then like it is, it is future awesome. sex love songs is sounds is filled with a bunch of like really like amazing 
Big Ten blend production and also him kind of just sounding like an asshole like mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit. Or Senorita, a song where to me he's telling <laughs> a, a, like a Latin X character that she should fuck his white ass instead of her Latin X boyfriend. You shouldn't <laughs> be with this Mexican guy. You should be with me. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. He's so funny when he's like like what committing the- to like I'm not the good guy. I'm a dickhead. Fincher yeah, knew. Fincher knew. Fincher always knows. Fincher knows how to use guys Affleck, and their personas. Yeah, he's like Patrick I- Harris. Eisenberg, Army Hammer, to an mm-hmm. extent, Andrew Garfield Fuck, as Hammer. the guy who did. A- Andrew Garfield in the Social Network has basically been his entire ethos for the last twelve years. In that he yeah. really wants to be gay, but he's not gay, <laughs> and it's haunting. Yeah, he him does have a weird kind of like yeah, like in like the new also. Spider-Man, he's like acting really gay towards his other like multiverse selves, <laughs> and I'm like, you can't do that. That's you. Like he kisses like people at like award shows, like Man on the Mouth, because. He just, and he's in like Angels in America, but like yeah. there's kind of doing been... like what Franco did for a bit, but it's like with yeah. the kid energy. Oh yeah, remember when Franco? Remember when Franco recorded like the the cutout sex scenes from Cruising and released it as a movie? Yeah, should, you guys should cover that on Raw and Rewind. I we did. Cruising, like we could have done it with it oh, as a yeah. double feature, but uh, I have it on yeah. DVD for some reason. Interior Lover Bar. I think I found it in like a charity shop, which is insane. <laughs> I like, an why would you donate that? <laughs> That's a movie that should only be found in alleyways somewhere. I think going back to the dialogue in this movie, it's interesting because Andrew Nichol is a good writer. He wrote The Truman Show. He wrote Gattaca. He's made good movies. I mean, he's not written anything. This is the best thing he's written in the 21st century, probably. That's fucked. Yeah. Because, like, Simone is so bad. uh, I think I might prefer Simone to this. I haven't so, seen Simone's, Simone. Simone's more boring in my opinion. Like, in time is fucking hilarious. Like, but Simone, he, doesn't Simone have Al Pacino? It does, but he's like sleepwalking. Al Pacino, Pacino. should have been the Timberlake Al Pacino part. sleepwalking. It would have been so he's funny. better than Justin Timberlake wide oh, awake and on Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> like, but Timberlake, Timberlake, like, Timberlake, like, being, like, so devastated over, like, Olivia Wilde dying in his arms and she just, like, flops like a fish yeah. out of the water. <laughs> I mean, that was like, cool. No! That was good body move the other part of the movie that i like the most and this goes to show you how like again shallow this movie is um there's a scene where amanda seyfried and justin timberlake are starting to do crimes together (laughs) she sees the reflection in a mirror and she just goes we like you together <laughs> my favorite, my favorite part of this movie is when Matt Bomer is about to time himself out because he, even though he's worth thousands of years, he just doesn't want to live anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, he's just going on the bridge, and he's like, and then, then the time expires, and he goes, Argh! and he like, like. Argh! Like he, oh yeah, everyone like dies and then he falls dope. over. But I do Killed think that, that that Alex character, that Alex actor that's also a Magic Mike, um, Jennifer, Jennifer. Timberlake and him have like almost like negative energy. They're I think like Timberlake should have played Jennifer's that character. So good too. I think though. if Timberlake played that character, he would have been more successful. Um, Me too. Yeah, because like, but Pet- but Pettifer is literally impossible to convince you that he's a good person. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. like you cast Alex Pettifer and you have to make the first Magic Mike darker because if yeah. you can't have him just be a nice stripper. No, he has no. to be fucking He's, everything up. Wasn't the whole thing that he like came out and lied about his age when he first came out? Like he was so like, I'm 20 sad. years old. And they're like, this motherfucker's 30. I don't know about this. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. I don't know. You gotta respect it. Like, yeah, he came uh, out and was like, I'm a kid. And they were like, I don't know. <laughs> Pettifer is like he did, I think he, he directed a movie a few years ago which is really really he's fun. like a director because oh, no, no yeah. one else were cast him no but it's really good and I don't really? know if it's I've if heard it he's made. not a yeah bad director no it's I do want to talk about we should talk about how much this movie uses 
the ghetto. Oh, thank you. I'm so sorry. Brother, thank you. The yeah. ghetto. My favorite is when they, when Amanda Seyfried gets kidnapped by Timberlake and they're in the car and she looks at him and she goes, guess you really are from the ghetto after all. <laughs> it's like they want to glamorize the ghetto. Like it's Elvis Presley's song in the ghetto, you know? It's like that's, so, they should have played that. It's, it's very so bizarre. It's very funny that they tried to do this. It's also funny um, to me that with the island, the island takes place in 2019 and this movie takes place in 2199 when it should be the other way because this movie looks like it takes place in 2019. It does, yeah. Nothing has changed really. Also, the location work is really sloppy. I grew up in LA. I still live in LA. The bridge that he, that is supposed to be in the quote unquote ghetto um, is the same bridge that he gets into a chase in when he's supposed to be in the richer neighborhood. Damn. Right. They just use so the same sense. downtown. LA bridge they just like didn't even care they were just like fuck it put them on that's so see the thing is is that every single decision in this that reads as they didn't even care is like fuck yeah they didn't that's awesome (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay I wish they didn't care and it was more exciting So I've made so I've made my girlfriend watch this twice in like the last six months. Wow. Um, so because I was because so. I was no, she's still together. We're still together for now. Um, but like we watched this in person, and uh, when I, I went to Canada with her, and then I was we were watching it, and there was this line where like Killian Murphy's like just like just staring really morosely at the water, being like, "We got to follow the time." And then there's this there's this, there's this sex worker on the overage. She's like, "Hey Ray, I'll give you ten minutes for an hour." And my girlfriend just lost her shit at that line because she didn't understand it. Like, she just broke down. I was like, it does make sense in a very stupid way. Oh, yeah, it does. That whole interaction is so funny, though, because he goes, when are you getting out of the game, Layla? You're pushing 60. She goes, thanks for letting everybody know. It's like, who cares? It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. Your body is still 25, even. Like, I don't know how... The thing is, the premise of in time (laughs) is... So, the reason why I saw this so many times as a kid was because I looked at the premise and I was like that is the coolest premise ever it is a cool and then but the, but the thing is is it, it's a cool premise if you think about it for no seconds yeah if you think no, about yeah. it yeah. even once you're like, like wow well, this is a good doesn't idea. make any sense but like the thing is is that like it's an evolution it's not like a modification they've evolved to do it but there's no explanation how was it just like Darwinianism was it that's like what he genetic? says at one point yeah. Look, I want to lead like the lore of this universe so bad like I yeah. need like the tie-in novel that yeah. explains like how this happened Andrew Nichols good at coming up with big ideas and I think the Truman Show is the best example of him executing it yes. but also yeah. that he shouldn't direct his he, shit I, I, I the thing is is that he made a way worse movie than this like two years after in time which is The Host which is the Stephanie Meyer adaptation, oh that's right yeah, which yeah. he doesn't even have an idea on because it's just YA invasion it was of with the like the snatchers. YA post Hunger Games like fever that he yeah but in. it's literally just like what if the, the person that snatched your body wanted to fuck Jake Abel and Max Irons. Who? Jake Abel and Max (laughs) Irons. So Jake Abel is the bad guy in Percy and the Jackson, the lightning thief. Okay. And uh, uh, Max Irons is the failed son of Jeremy Jeremy Irons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's got a failed son out there somewhere. But yeah, the the thing about In Time is that like, I watched this all the time as a kid because I, I, number one, taught me about communism, uh, which respect. Mm -hmm. I checked out the communist manifesto because of this movie. No, I didn't. But I was a little later. Oh, I just listened to the commentary track by Andrew. No, yeah. Uh, the DVD commentary. Um, <laughs> I watched this all the time as a kid because I thought the premise was cool, and because I really liked how I really liked how much it looked like a hotel for half the movie. 
Like, like the production design really just does. Like they're all in a bunch of hotels. We should say that this is the first digital movie shot by Roger Deakins. I think it, it has good. really. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it looks, looks good. good. I think the the locations are really good, apart from that bridge. I, I, I think that the costumes are kind of bland and like the costumes are bland. Yeah, like, it felt a little leftover. obvious. Yeah, like they go when he goes hair, to like that yeah. first bar. Like it's yeah. just like in the future. Yeah. Like every girl is just wearing sequin dresses. I was just like, yeah. this is weird. It's, it, the thing is, is that it's a it's a movie that I find like endlessly fascinating to watch. And it goes along in like I, I think this would make a perfect twenty eleven double feature with another movie that has a really cool premise. If you don't think about it for even <laughs> one second. Which is limitless with Bradley Cooper. Oh, I, I love like, limitless. I like limitless. No, limitless is better because limitless no, no, no. understands how stupid it is and it has fun with it. In time might be even funnier to me because it's doing all these like time puns, like five a minute, and it is completely one hundred percent stoic, stone faced serious yes. about it. Every one and of them lands so fucking flat hilarious. That you're yeah. just like, like another movie would be like, okay, well, you're making jokes about like watches and like time <laughs> puns. But they're never jokes. They're just how people talk in this world. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. Explain the premise. That's what I mean. It's so poorly cast and, and poorly directed that it's just like everything lands so flat that like you're just watching a scene. And you're like, why is there so much dead air in this scene? This is it's unco- so, it becomes it's like, uncomfortable like, at parts. It's like so a it's sitcom like, uh, that has a laugh track that has the laugh track removed, <laughs> and that's why it owns. Um, honestly, like if you put a laugh track in this movie, it would fit. Um, yes, because I agree. like literally, there is the gangsters the. Alex Pettiford leads are called the Minutemen. <laughs> the Minutemen. The Minutemen. And also, like, can we the, point out his one boy with the fedora that I could not get over? He never takes his fedora yeah, off. Played by the guy from it. Deep Water, who is the first guy that's cucking Affleck, mm-hmm. who's also an ambulance as one of the henchmen, who just looks like the biggest fucking doofus. But his fucking fedora. I have so many notes that just say, "LOL." He still has the fedora on. <laughs> he never. T- and it's always tilted to the side. Yeah. Uh, what, what I, I really what what I really like about the big like climax between because Pettifer is like he's like introduced in the start before even before Seyfried is and like the yeah. conflict between him and Timberlake is going to be real because Timberlake disapproves of his criminal methods uh, because he's targeting the, the poor you know he's targeting his own people the, it, but the climax isn't like they're not going to fight they're going to arm wrestle but with time because if you can you can take time away by just like pressing against their wrist like pickpocketing so yeah. if you like hold their wrist in a certain way you could drain them of time so it would be so it's, easy to murder anyone if they were just sleeping like yeah. it wouldn't take any effort i was like it's it seems so, really easy to steal people's time i don't know i yeah. mean i feel like i could yeah i feel that. like everyone should be doing this like <laughs> you don't even need to do a time heist like it's just such a strange movie it's so weird and like and there's like this constant like halfway through they just start mentioning that like oh will salas has a dad and his dad was a criminal and his yeah, dad, yeah. But his that dad, comes out but of his nowhere dad start to lose i thought that him and killy and murphy were going to be brothers or Something? Yeah, Killian Murphy's like, he's like, I hope you don't go down the same oh, road your okay. dad did. And he's like, what do you mean? Also, like, because of the way it's framed, <laughs> it's like, so, like, oh, jeez. <laughs> but the way it's framed is that like, Olivia Wilde was not yet 25 when she had uh, Justin Timberlake because she was she was turning 50 and he was not 25. I think he was like, what, like, tw- he's like, he's 28. Yeah, so she would have been 22. So she would have given birth when she didn't have any time to spend. Oh, you're right. Which is just interesting to think about. Like, how does 
does it work? Like, oh, imagine man. I'm like being 22 and not being able to spend any money. Like, that isn't just given to you by people. It's just so fucking funny. It, like, is this a sincere, like, all time masterpiece? Yes, but not because it's good, but because it's funny. Yeah. And we have to respect that. I, I it was a four and a heart for years for me because every time I thought about it, I was like, in time but then i realized that it's given me so much joy in so many different instances <laughs> in my life that it would be dishonest for me to say that it's not it's you gotta not reach out to andrew nickel you should be like you've given me so much joy you made me a By communist being stupid i just i love that they do, they never think out how the system is going to work with the time house they never yeah. like come up with a new one it's just Which like is funny because ball. then it gives some sort of credence to the vincent carthyser character being like you have no idea like it will just yeah, they have, sure will just shoot up and like you guys I'm are so sure there's a, I'm sure I'm sure there's some like political theorist in the time world that it's like yeah. we can make this better but Will Salas is not that and yeah. neither is Amanda Seyfried too. Which is like an interesting idea that it's not interested in like going further no, into. It so it keeps introducing good ideas that it's like. So, yeah. so what it's doing is it's like it's showing because like there's a, there's a thing in it that's like it's like showing the selfishness of the people around them. Like no one helps Olivia Wilde on the bus before she because mm-hmm. she because they've right. upped the price to two hours. She only has an hour and a half and she dies. Yeah, because, because everyone else is home. probably going broke too. Yeah, everyone else is going broke. Oh, bitch, no I got one, thirty like, minutes. In. I'm sorry. I don't know the what to tell you. Yeah, so. <laughs> but they, yeah, they're just like, but like no one like speaks to the bus driver. No one tries to stand up for her. No one does anything. No. And like in like the jeweler's stop, they're like, uh, you can die outside unless you sell these jewels to me for like a much, much lower price. Yeah. in the working class neighborhood. So it has like these kind of like real intrinsically negative ideas a lot about the working class as well. Like Johnny Galecki drinks himself to death and leaves yeah. his wife and child alone with no money, you know, because the, the clock's frozen. Like there's a lot of really like weird ideas towards the working class yeah. in this, but also fuck the rich. So we'll give them all unlimited money and that's it. Yeah. And that's the idea. And that's the thesis. And it's just so, so weird. And then like Vincent Carthizer said, it's a crime what we pay our, our time cops, you know, cause they don't yeah. pay the time cops enough. So like, why did they yeah. do this? If they're, if they're like barely living, like it doesn't really, yeah. You think something interesting is going to happen with the Killian Murphy character. The no, way he just kind of, the... he just is interesting. Well, you think he's going to be like the German Hansu of the Island character for this, where yeah. he's like, you know what? I actually feel like what I've been doing is wrong. And he has that arc, but he doesn't even have an arc. That's no, kind of why I just like dies. him though, because he's like, no, I'm just. No, I'm a pig. I'm yeah, sorry. I kind of think that's like more true. I just think that it's so funny that like, because like he keeps his time uh, like in the car and he like goes low. You know, it's like, yo, you're cutting it close here, Killian Murphy. Yeah, but like he's not doing it for any reason. It'd be interesting if there was like a rush and adrenaline thrill of like going right. low that your body like like when you're like in a near death yeah. experience. Yeah, adrenaline, that's way more like, interesting than anything. He gets anything addicted to cool. the adrenaline, and that's why he keeps being a cop. Is that like he gets that <laughs> adrenaline? Like like he just he just he just does it. Because because he can't be bothered to walk back to his car five minutes earlier. Oh, that would it. have been a that would have been a great Bradley Cooper character, just an out of control adrenaline fuel cop who just I, is running low on time. I fucking God. love Bradley Cooper. Every every Bradley Cooper that's a negative, get me on it. Where did you get that? A man named Henry Hamilton gave me over a century. He said he didn't need it anymore. It was a gift. I'm not a thief, but hey, if you guys are looking for stolen time. Maybe you should arrest everyone here. Oh, I see. You're talking about justice. I am a timekeeper. I don't concern myself with justice. I only concern myself with what I can measure. Seconds, minutes, hours. I keep time. And that time is in the wrong hands.
This movie has a 37%, as we said. This movie kind of just came and went. It barely kind of existed at the time. Let's see what we got here. Joe Newmayer of New York Daily News said, sadly, for 99% of its running time, this muddled sci-fi drama Sorry. is filled with enough overplotting, bad acting, and riddle-speak dialogue to stop a clock. Dana Stevens of Slate said, Nichols, bizarrely stilted sci-fi thriller in time, a movie so consistently flat-footed with pauses between lines of dialogue so vast, you begin to wonder if the whole thing might be a psychological experiment of some kind, or has he made just a really dull movie? Stephen Ray of Philadelphia Inquirer said, Philip K. Dick for Knuckleheads. That's me. Uh, this is a very timely review from 2011. Keith Ulick of Time Out New York said, Tick tock on the clock, but the party don't stop. So sang the great philosopher of our time, wow. Kesha, whose words are surely gospel to the ruling classes of Andrew Nichols, innocuous dystopian thriller. But one positive review. Mike LaSalle, the San Francisco Chronicle, gave this movie an A. He said, coming now, today, in time is not just satisfying. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's important because that would overstate it. But it certainly feels like part of the national conversation. It arrives in theaters at a time when people are camped out in New York saying the same things as the people in the movie. It's weird the way films often anticipate the near future. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Brilliant al- analysis. This is weirdly uh, prescient. Prescient? Uh, uh, <laughs> movie all of our times and for the future times? This movie gets a fucking A from me. I mean, I didn't think about it like this, but... <laughs> Bro, I didn't right. think that the Occupy movement could be captured in a movie like this. <laughs> it's <is> a metaphor. <laughs> is our MVP of this movie going to be Killian Murphy for all three of us? My uh, MVP I like Vincent Kalthauser, is... but yeah, he's a little bitch and he's a little bitch here. He's made a career out of being a little bitch. He's going to be my MVP. You should have had the hairline he had in like the last season. Of the <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't get me my uh, fucking hair back. (laughs) Before before I mention my MVP, I just want to say they should have had like an organization of hitmen called the Clock Stoppers. (laughs) It's a tie-in with the 2002 movie Clock Stoppers starring Jesse Bradford. It would have been fucking great. Yeah. Um, My MVP is definitely uh, Alex Pettifer because he's he's like going so so hard as the leader of this like rapscallion band of gangsters who just grab people's wrists. With the wackest crew in town. (laughs) He looks fucking Oh, my boy's got fedoras. He's dressed like a 1930s gangster, which is so funny to me. Like he looks like he came out of like fucking Howard Hawks' Scarface. It's so awesome. Oh, final rating. I know, Logan, is this a masterpiece for you? Fuck it, Come on, ball. Logan, go fucking big. Go big or go home. <laughs> Fuck it, we ball. Masterpiece, baby. Because it's funny. <laughs> I, think I, I, think, I think movies should be funny. And that's my stance okay. on it. Like, the painted bird should have more jokes about time in it. And that's my take. <laughs> Oh, fuck. That's a joke for five people. Yeah, no, I got it, though. I'm going to go bad and boring on this one. I think it's just, yeah. really, I was just I, like, this movie's like dead it's air, a man. It's of ideas. Yeah, yeah. Because it made me think of a lot of things, but like was bad at it. Next week, though, we're going to be joined by Kay Whalen again to discuss two Ooh. mid-90s steampunk comic book adaptations that portray the future. Tank Girl. Featuring Lori Petty, Naomi Watts, and Ice T as a dog, as well as <laughs> Pamela Anderson's first Hollywood leading role in the notorious Barb Wire. Right now, right now, we need to thank you, Logan, for joining us once again. Yeah. Where can people find you online? Yeah, at Logan Caddy One. There, and on Letterboxd, you can read at- his defensive in time and other movies that you never would have thought you should have given a second chance to. But you, you should. should probably keep not giving them second chances because <laughs> you'll think I'm insane, but. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. That's right, baby. We appreciate your your optimism about films and you're made for this podcast. It's great. Follow Logan. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Like us, write reviews. And thank you for listening.